This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as the basis for investment decisions. Podcast guests and their clients may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Three Wise Monkeys podcast, a weekly podcast that's all about the markets and investing. My name is Andrew Page, founder of strongman.com. And as always, I am joined by my two co-pilots, Mr. Matt Joss from mattjoss.com. Hey, Andrew, very happy to be here. Good to hear. A lot of enthusiasm. I like (laughs) it. And Claude Walker from ethicalequities.com.au. Great to see you guys. Claude, you've been in uh, Melbourne recently. Yes, as have you. I was there for an AGM, but tell us first, why were you there? Me and Owen from the RAS Group had a little bit of a get-together, a bit of a powwow with some uh, investors. And how did it go? It went really well, actually. We got about 50 people there. It was good to put uh, a name to some of the, or a face at least, to some of these uh, straw man names, which was really cool. Yeah, actually, so at, it was the, a good event. at the ProMedicus AGM today, at least one person um, was there, I think, who was at your thing last night. Very good. Yeah, so today we're going to... Uh, Claude's going to regale us with his uh, his trip down to the AGM for ProMedicus today and talk a bit about that um, very interesting company. We're also going to touch on A2 Milk, which reported results, a mm. company that I own have owned for a while. Uh, and lastly, we're going to touch on Experience Coast. By request company. from a listener, which Absolutely. is an interesting one to talk about. So we're looking forward to that too. Okay, so um, let's before we start talking about ProMedicus, uh, ASX code here, by the way, is PME. First things first, as always, we are talking our book here. I'm a shareholder. It's one of my largest holdings. I think my largest holding. Um, Claude, yeah, I know... it's definitely my largest shareholding. Matt? I've held shares for many years. Okay, so we are as biased as all buggery. So you have to really bear that in mind. And in fact, we'd ask you to really critically think about the things that we're going to say. But let's first go right back uh, to the beginning here. What the hell does this company does? This company's been around for a while in the medical software space. They've got a variety of different products. The big one is Visage. And this is a bit of software that allows the storage, transfer, and viewing of extremely large medical scan images yeah that's right and so i'll just uh jump in there one of the reasons that they've been successful with this particular product is because these medical images keep getting bigger and bigger so that's been an advantage uh for a company that has software that can deal with these large files and make them viewable quickly the key the key innovation here is to go from having to sort of download a file and wait or even have somebody else process it before you can view it versus just sort of seeing it almost immediately and being able to manipulate it and get the details you want. In fact, the sheer volume of scans that are being done, like different scans and more and more uh, people are getting them done. So it's a phenomenal tailwind. And this has not been ProMedicus's um, normal space. This has been sort of really owned by big companies like GE and stuff in the past. But there's been a bit of a structural shift in the industry. And But it's all about deconstructed packs. And it's about, in essence, I guess, for want of a better term, moving a lot of these images to the cloud and having them accessible on any device at any time, etc. Yeah, so it's not, it's not the public cloud that we might usually no. talk about, but it is... That same setup. And that structural shift has given these guys an opportunity. And it's one that they have actually absolutely exploited phenomenally well. And they've had incredible, incredible growth um, over over a reasonably long period of time. And it looks as though that growth is going to continue. So that's a bit about what they do. Um, Well, the other part of their business is that they do these um, radiology imaging systems, which are more like practice management for radiology clinics. And Mm -hmm. they... 
are dominant in Australia with that business. They've got they won recently primary healthcare. They That's have iMed as well, and they have a number of other imaging providers. Actually, while we're listing um, uh, clients, we should talk about the Mayo Clinic. Yale New Haven, Mercy Health, some of the biggest medical institutions. Yeah, so that's in on the, the Visage side. Um, I think that it's easy to forget about the Australian side. The Australian side is still a good business. It probably will do more than ten million in sort of fairly recurring revenue in the coming year, and and that is growing as the big clients want more and more from the company. Mm. That is in Australia, though. They've got a little bit of overseas revenue. The Visage one is focused in America, which is where those companies Andrew just named. Um, and a big part of that, that growth runway there as well. And that's the faster growing side with more upside as well. Do you want to get in on this love in, Matt? What, is, <laughs> what else can we no, say? No, I'm just keen to hear from Claude about the, the trip down. So Claude, you've just you've just flown down to, to Melbourne for the AGM today. How was it? How was the vibe? Yeah, the AGM is actually really great because you get to see how they react in front of a different crowd. They're, see the whites of their eyes. Well, I mean, more than that, they're much more relaxed. They spend much longer talking about the company. It's like their presentation. It's a point of pride. You know, their family members are there. One of the founders had his mum there, I believe. You know, the, another founder had his family there, his wife, a couple of his children. It's not like the Meyer AGM, is it? It's a, it's a good news event. So, you know, I guess people it's good are happy to be it's associated. It's small, even though it was bigger this year. They patiently answered all sorts of questions. I'd say about half the questions were from me, but... Um, but they didn't kick you out. They, no, they enjoyed it. And, you know, the, the chairman thanked me for the questions afterwards. And that's a great sign in and of itself. More importantly than that, they actually really went out of their way this year to give a great rundown of the company, uh, the CEO. So he shared one of my favorite case studies uh, for ProMedicus Pro in, in quite some detail. Uh, that's about a situation where a child came in to the hospital that had just had Visage installed uh, with a headache. They did a scan and because Visage is able to immediately generate a 3D image on demand, the radiologist was able to sort of immediately go from, wow, this is an ex- this is actually an aneurysm in the brain. This is an extremely dangerous situation. Start prepping the boy for, you know, put the wheels in motion for him to go into the surgery theater and at the same time walk through the actual surgery. So create a 3D image sort of immediately and then work with the surgeon to go step by step through this. When they try to save someone's life who has a brain aneurysm, they, they, it's quite a complicated process. You know, they're putting in a... It's not It's not brain surgery. It is. Oh, wait, surgery, it is. Yeah. It is brain surgery. So they're putting in a catheter. They need specific stents. Uh and they need to know what size those stents need to be. So all of this is information that uh, Visage was able to provide the answers for very, very quickly. And in the roundup, you know, the experts had said they'd save tens of minutes, so maybe half an hour. Now that might not seem like much, but in those sort of rare situations where it really is, it could it oh, could yeah. blow and end someone's life very quickly. That really matters, and. I, th- I believe there was a quote. I think the quote was actually in the presentation slide, but they were obviously very proud of it, which was good, um, good story. that Visage was, you know, basically emphasizing how priceless it was, I think was the word mm. one of the medical professionals used to describe it. 
So there was a good vibe there. It was a good news story there as well. I think the other thing that was really interesting today is that on the day of the AGM, they also announced this really big contract as well. And in fact, when I say really big, I mean the biggest contract they've ever done. 27 million uh, Australian dollars, that is, uh, with Partners Health. Can you tell us a bit about that or did they expand on that a bit more? Yeah, so let me actually just paint the picture first because it was actually quite a fun moment. Uh, so everyone arrives at the AGM. There's people sitting down. You see a lot of familiar faces. Uh, I don't think there are many people who were shareholders last year who've seen fit to, or in the year before, that have seen to ditch, ditch all of their shares. So people are having a bit of happy chit-chat. And then gradually, I'm not sure who noticed it first, but then sort of they didn't say anything. All of the directors and the CEO and you know the general manager, like quite a few of the Australian um, C-level staff, they're all there. And I guess they know this is coming because they've been processing this announcement and they're just sort of at the front, like delaying, waiting. And then the sort of the titters go around the room. Uh, first one person sees it on their phone and then they're like, oh, what? And then another person and it's like, you could almost, maybe it was imagination, but I swear, I swear they had cheeky little smiles on their face. Yeah. They're, they're like, ha ha ha. And you know, it's not usually something that they would do is re- release it five minutes before market opens, but I think really in their lives, in in the reality then, that was five minutes before the AGM and they were pretty happy to have this. To it was discuss. a great contract, man. It was it was seriously good. They've they've got a, a lot of big contracts that they've done before, but this the sheer size of this is important. But this is also they've now got two of the four largest hospitals in the United States, so it's very significant. Um, when you're trying to sort of flog a bit of software and you can point to these preeminent kind of institutions, it is just such a wonderful driver of future sort of sales. Um, it's really really great. So beyond just the size, there's a huge amount of strategic value there as well. And the other thing that I I thought was really great about that contract is that the partner network there's, there's well there's there's quite a few institute um organizations within that network as well and sam in the announcement at least i wasn't at the agm but it was talking about how much potential there is for that to be rolled out to other places and of course they do their normal transactional model or the contract where there's a certain amount factored in usually as i understand it between 70 to 90 percent as to what they think they'll use with a whole bunch of pay per use charges after that point as well. So this is, a, this is a really big contract, really high in strategic value and just continues this trend of what we've seen with a lot of other announcements recently. Yeah, so you've summed it up pretty well, mate. Um, I'd sort of add that they were pretty proud that it was uh, two, they now have two of the four biggest hospitals or hospital groups in the US. That's number one and number four. Not bad. And, you know, there was some comment, I can't remember who made it, but it was along the lines of, you know, this has been the contract to win over the last couple of years. Yeah. So they were pleased about the that. The thing is as well as these organizations are so big and so strong is that they do a huge amount of due diligence before they sell it. Because once they know that, you know, once you have a system like this installed, it is sticky. It is hard to move away from. So they really, you know, run it through its paces before they check it out. And th- for them to have chosen a little Austra- relatively little Australian company from... from uh, <laughs> Australia, um, over the big you know, international giants is just a, such a good thing. Yeah, Claude, so I'd be interested. Why do you think it is Prometicus has been able to be successful in those? Because it has, a, as I believe, one, is it one salesperson or it doubled it to two salespeople? Yeah, so that's right. How do they win that kind of size contract? So Sam was really went out of his way to shout out some of the people that had been involved in that contract win, especially since they were announcing it that day with the AGM. Uh, a Malta, the... Uh, CTO uh, was clearly involved so it's very high level people I'm guessing Sam was involved absolutely the head of marketing Brad Levin who has a great 
CV, you can read up on some of these people in the AGM. They like really go out of the way to call out their key staff members. Uh, you've also got now their sale, the doubled sales force, the, the salesperson they took on a couple of years ago who was definitely involved. And it's a small group of people that are talking high level with hospitals and it's a request for tender process. So they wait for the request for tenders to, to come along. Then they try and put their best foot forward for these large hospitals. They're usually, if they're going to win one, it's at this point in their life cycle, there are radiologists at that hospital who sort of already want that want that software cool so it's kind of like a demand pull kind of thing like coming up from the the grassroots to a degree they didn't say that but that's definitely my interpretation the decision making bodies at both hospitals both wanted visage and then somebody at the organization was like great sounds like that's a winner don't want to fight with both of you about having some other one that's pretty so, cool so visage was and so if that is the case that's like definitely in my view does tend to imply that this software has a good reputation amongst the professionals. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, we've got to move on pretty soon, but one thing I really wanted to dig into a little bit before we do, because I know it's something that all of us share a real sort of fascination with, is that um, AI is one of these buzzwords that gets thrown around. It's a big buzzword, yeah. It's a big buzzword. And, you know, there's a lot of companies that, you know, like to sort of claim some kind of association with this very exciting thing. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Prometicus, though, that is something that they talk about. And I, I think it does seem pretty legitimate. One of the things that's fascinating about AI is it's already better than human um, surgeons um, to identify problems uh, etc and if you think what is going to be the driving force of this is that you need something that has a huge amount of images right yeah and that can be transferred really easily and quickly so these guys are kind of going to be you know whatever technology is sort of applied to that anything that has this library and this transfer system is extraordinarily well placed and I, they seem to be at the real forefront of that is and again this has been a ridiculous love in but is that an over do you guys think, um, you know, am I being too generous there? Or is this a legitimate growth driver longer term? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you're, you're more excited than I am about that. Um, and also, I'd argue... I'm pretty excited. You are. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not... That's not the most crazy benchmark. But um, look, I think that the company's been pretty reasonable about how they've presented themselves. Oh, they have. I'm not, I want to suggest they've been pumping yeah. at any, in fact, they've been very sort of yeah. you know, soft in, in, in the so, discussion. So you know, I think it was sometime uh, someone from the company made a, a comment that was quoted in the AFR basically saying, oh, because it's getting compared to CSL, that's a sign that the share price is getting ahead of itself. I want to talk about that before and, we move on. And I'd say that's probably uh, an on the money comment there. But the other thing is, I think, not for the first time, Sam referred to AI as being sort of a bit hyped, as it were. Not his words, but paraphrasing. He he was don't let saying, air out of my balloon. <laughs> so I think the implication was that there might be some. It was very hard, of course, to hire mm. people for these kind of roles. Yeah. So their strategy is basically Visage is an open platform. There are already AI functions that are going on to that th maybe already there but certainly there are going to be under the bonnet ai features that are in the new release which they i, I should clarify a little bit here what i did i didn't want to suggest that they're going to be at the forefront of the ai part of the kit itself 
but that any kind of AI augmented system is going to need a system that has the library and the file storage and all of that kind of they stuff. Need yeah, the data. So these things, these again, things need like to be trained. You know? and, then, and then let's say that someone that's optimizes. That's not their data. That's the data of their partners. Well, let's say that someone opt. So let's say someone figures out AI and and um, on on this particular front, right? You're going to need a system that's going to be able to deliver that to that system, so it can identify it and report back. Right? It's pretty well placed, right? Yeah. I think it's definitely figure out the AI. Let's get it done. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 want, I just want to stress that it's not them. You know, they, these yeah. guys. This is not their specialty. They are not AI. Yeah, they'd be a provider that would help facilitate that. That's my point. I'm not sure the big development in the in this sort of field is that they now have made a recent hire of a PhD uh, who worked with Harvard and in that sort of AI radiology area who has now joined ProMedicus and will help bridge the gap between... Oh, I beg your pardon, I said Harvard, it's actually Yale. That He's going to help bridge, bridge, bridge the gap between Yale and ProMedicus in terms of how ProMedicus would be involved as they develop that, by they being the academics, develop applications for AI in gotcha. radiology. Okay. So, so before we move on, uh, AI is like an exciting thing. It's... it's down the track, I think the key point for people to understand here is that they have these relationships that people are writing AI algorithms to work on their system. That's just a competitive advantage. I don't think it's necessary. like we're an AI company now and um, we have an AI yeah. product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, I think you had some thoughts though on the valuation. I know that you still hold. It would be remiss of us not to talk about some of the negatives. And I think it would also be remiss to remind ourselves as much as our listeners that it doesn't matter how great a company is, you can do really badly in a company if you overpay. And so I want, I want to sort of be the voice of the bears here if I can for a moment to, to, to um, play devil's advocate as I like to do. And I would say as devil's advocate, yeah, it's pretty good. But this is on a PE of 80, um, which is, this is an almost a billion dollar company, okay? But do you guys not look at that and go, mm, maybe it's, it's going to be, it, there is a lot of, there is a lot of optimism priced in, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of optimism priced in, absolutely. Let, let, let's, let's hear a bit from that. Matt's, yeah, Matt, Matt's like, been very like quiet. Matt's, Matt's been very one. quiet. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's fair. I mean, it's, the, it's, it's just about whether that can, growth can be sustained. I guess one... Um, concern or something to keep in mind for me was whether revenue growth particularly can be sustained so over the last few years we've seen this amazing operating leverage so mm. profits have been growing way faster than revenue because they have such an amazing product and they don't spend much on sales and marketing mm. um, so it's really about whether revenue growth can be sustained and obviously a, a great contract like today is a pretty good sign that that, that can continue to happen and mm. and Claude did some good research there on uh, on kind of that long tail I guess of growth but that's that's a bigger question for me it's like we see really great profit numbers but we we just need to make sure that top line keeps growing at a pretty healthy rate too or else at a certain point you hit the limit and as and as the top line gets bigger it's going to just can't keep growing at 30 percent or no. or what have you and no. you know they really haven't been able to not that it's been their focus but they haven't really had a lot of success uh cracking the european market yep. they now are fairly dominant with their australian product i think that there's definitely upside there as a contract that did not contribute to the current or the last financial year mm -hmm. comes online and then that'll have a f have a full year after that, but that's got probably you know I'd estimate maybe fifty percent growth in it that side of the business, which is still significant. Mm. And then you're pretty much relying on the US. And at the moment they're both growing, but I think looking forward two or three years, you'd have to say they're not going to both the, both the sort of practice management side and the imaging won't both be growing so strongly. 
on the plus side, they have got the vendor neutral neutral archive, which they've only got one big contract for at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I agree with all of that kind of stuff. I would add as well that they've got one hundred and thirty five million dollars worth of sales already locked in as an absolute minimum over the yeah, next five I'm ca- years. Yeah, I'm cautious of thinking of it like that though, because it sounds like a big number, but that's like. Well, it's twenty. It's, it's twenty. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty-seven uh, million on average per year, and they did about thirty. Oh, I forget now, thirty-two or something last year. So it's a very, it's a very significant part of what they've done. That's, and I'm just my, my point is that's the baseline. They're they're debt free. They've got twenty five million dollars of cash. They've got a number of really great products that have huge sales. Yeah. I thought you were supposed to be writing this. Yeah, I, 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 I said it was devil's advocate. It was devil's advocate. Keep up the bear case for about. <laughs> Two point. I have to admit too, in, in, in the interest Before of full the disclosure, comes. I did sell some recently. Yeah, so I sold yeah. some as well. I sold some, which I put on um, ethical equities. I sold some at, b- before I sold, I put it online actually at about a bit over around $12. But I had a bit of seller's remorse and, and bought back a tiny amount today. Well, for me, for me, it was yeah, definitely there. It's sort of getting up there and you can see my valuation on Strawman for what it's worth. And, and um, it's starting to get a bit more interesting again, but it was getting way up there and I was sold at a similar time. And it was also for portfolio management reasons because it started to become a very large yeah, I've part. got diversification problems with it as well. All right, that's... Should we call it quits yeah, or should we talk no. for another hour? Oh, oh, sorry, we apologize. We're do a special episode. The Pro yeah. Medicus love in. Let's talk A2 Milk. Shall A2, we talk milk. A2 Milk. Yeah, now, sure. There's another company that's had some phenomenal success. Yeah. Uh, th- these guys have grown really, really strongly as well. Uh, Matt, I know you're a shareholder. I am indeed, yeah. So I bought this one back in 2015. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I should say what it does, I guess, first. What so do they do? Yeah, so it's This a, is our new structure. <laughs> so it's a, it's Tell a, people what the company does. <laughs> Definitely. We had some feedback. We had some feedback. <laughs> what are you guys talking um, about? Yeah, so it's a, a company from New Zealand. Ah, uh, uh, there yeah, we go. Yeah. yeah. Started out as a kind of a milk company, I guess you could say. So it started with a A2 protein. So there's two types of protein in, in most milk, A1 and A2. There's actually thousands of types of protein. <laughs> just, just Andrew, Andrew can uh, explain the benefits hey. of A2 to us oh, later. He's oh, got to go down. Matt has been soon. known to refer to the A1 protein as Kind of Boy. a miracle cure, really. I no, kind of like A two is the uh, miracle cure. The A one, A one's poison. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't poison. Put that, I didn't I mean, want to put the know, word in his yeah. mouth when it comes I've, out of I've his heard mouth. it's been considered as a weapon. Did you, um, did you see that on the internet? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. anyway, so these guys, uh, they they sell uh, fresh milk. That's how they launched into Australia and got about ten percent share of fresh milk sales. So you've probably seen it in the supermarket. Which, which by the way, is a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, given and given the power of the entrenched players, competing with home brand milk, which has this huge share. It's yeah. milk. It's, <laughs> it's milk. milk. So <laughs> <laughs> I buy it myself. This is going to get medical either. software. This the is milk. buys it. See, there you go. <laughs> You're drinking this. I wish I bought it. I wish I bought it. Yeah. I don't really believe the A2 thing, but then I'm like, do I want the good milk do you risk or it? the other milk? You know, do you want to risk you poisoning your, your family? Club, you? uh, so they so they have that 10% share. But then in 2015, they started selling infant formula ah. uh, as the kind of craze for Australian and New Zealand infant formula took off, yep. uh, particularly from China. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's been obviously a pretty huge... Uh, poisoning scandal in China it was really tragic where melamine the stuff you make tables out of was put into infant formula thousands of um, infants were um, poisoned um, many of them died very tragically it is and a tragedy pretty yeah. reasonable that uh, Chinese parents um, you know they take very good care of their kids and they want the best and Australia has that real reputation I, yeah. of clean and green which I can understand I can't even get my nine month old to 
sleep in his own room. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the prospect of the things you all do to, to make sure their baby sleeps. They can't walk. They can't walk. Just put them in. Oh, that was my He's argument, but uh, his mother won't let that happen. Yeah, I can't talk. So A2 um, positioned itself really well as a premium kind of brand already mm. with the milk and then into infant formula, and that really helped um, sales to Chinese mothers who are kind of looking what's the best in Australia and started buying A2 milk and uh, yeah, just flew off the shelf. So it started, you know, revenue back. Uh, in 2015 was about 150 million mm. last year it was a billion dollars yep. profit went from well it was I think it lost 2 million dollars that year now last year it made 200 million 195 million hello um, operating yeah leverage. so pretty pretty yeah. crazy but anyway today's um, yeah what was today's the news yeah. was uh, basically an update on the most recent four months mm-hmm. so there had been these amazing results you know Profit tripled and then doubled yeah. as what's going to happen next. And the announcement today was revenue was up 40% over the prior form of the last four months. Nice. Uh, and net profit was up 60%. 60, so yeah. pretty strong. The shares rose at the start of trade, which I was excited about because yeah. I own shares. They felt they ended up down 1% by the they close. They did caution that yeah. that was going to slow down though, didn't they? In the yeah, they did say the second the half it would moderate yeah. somewhat. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was that was a big... <laughs> Not going to quite be 67% forever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What but, are they uh, doing wrong? Yeah, so that's that's the that's the that's the company. That's why I like it. I'm sure Andrew's got some pretty t- tough questions. I can no, see him I don't. I, I, I like to have a little bit of fun with it, but I'm I, I think one thing that I I'm, I'm always mindful of is that the, benef- the health benefit claims that they have are not proven. You only have to look at the wording they use in their marketing um, to, to understand that. I think they make. I believe it pre- it's uh, some people say they can feel the difference. Some people can marketing. feel the difference, and yeah. uh, placebos can have a <laughs> noticed difference as <laughs> Andrew well. Andrew doesn't want people to feel better. And for the and for the record, too, I think, and I've I've been a backer of Blackmores in the past, and I, I think it's the same kind of thing. It's it's largely pseudoscience, a lot of quackery that's there. But the the point is, is that I can be realistic, and I can be man enough to admit that really what matters is the brand, and these guys have a phenomenal brand yeah and and you know so i'm i'm not i don't our kids are well past that stage at the moment but um yeah you know, i, I would never too late man to i would honest. not I mean, be buying you know i would not be paying a premium for something that is <laughs> you know to me a little bit hocus pocus but a question i have for you and this is i don't own shares in a2 and I, that's a big regret of mine and this do you is drink what, the milk I, I no, I don't drink the milk, and that explains um, a lot. Actually, I feel you know, perfectly Claude's fine. Claude's in very good health. Offer. Andrew, yeah. questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, sorry. The, <laughs> my <laughs> trading of A two milk is just nothing short of disgraceful. Well, I, look, I, I, um, you know, so I don't, I don't for whatever, for whatever reason, <clears throat> science in fact, um, uh, drink it. But the the thing that I I question is why they've got, they've got this wonderful intellectual property, right? Yeah. Now, I've noticed that another brand, was it Nestle, Matt? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Nestle was a big one. Nestle yeah. have come out. They've got an A2 brand as well. Yeah, correct. And then other people are going to... All these companies that they were all saying at the beginning, oh, this is all this is all quackery. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do it. And then after a while, they, eh, there's a buck to be made. So they're, everyone's jumping on this train. Where's their competitive advantage? What is it that enables them to continue to do this and continue to have this extravagant growth, which is phenomenal mm. and fantastic, but it's on you know eight times sales, it's on nearly 40 times earnings. You know, where do they sustain that pricing power? Yeah, great question. So I guess there's two parts to it. One, there is some um, challenges with setting up a, a new A2 milk supply. Mm. So they've locked down the biggest supplier um, of this. You need but, special cows? Yeah, you need, you, need yeah. Cow, you need to breed them in over time. It's not a possible process but you need to select for that dairy dust. <laughs> yeah. yep. you need a massage no you don't need to do that. Um, so that's one thing and they have some patents in different jurisdictions around testing for that okay. protein so okay. there's like another test you can use but it might be more expensive or 
you could use the A2 okay. pro- company. But Nestle test. got around it though. Yeah, so they did. Well, Nestle, yeah. yeah, Nestle is the Nestle's biggest company Nestle. in the world. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, but I guess the other point I'd make though is just around the brand and who your the loyalty is to, whether mm-hmm. that's to A2 Milk Company and who you buy, or to the concept of A2 Milk. That's and I think that they've thing, managed yeah. to build a lot of it onto A2 Milk Company. Yep. So it's like, who is this knockoff A2? That, that's the angle. Does that, that worry you though? My my fear is is that what they're really doing is they're marketing the the quote unquote health benefits of A2 protein as opposed to A2 the uh, actual uh, brand itself. And so people will go, yeah, I'm sold on the idea. A2, I have no understanding of what it is, but apparently it's good, so I'm going to buy it. And Nestle's offering it, and like any commodity, and eventually it probably will become a commodity once especially there's enough you know, supply that's coming on that, that, that you know, people will go, I'm going, to take, I, I'm going to pay the cheaper price and still get the A2 goodness. Yeah, I guess I disagree with the commodity thing. I've heard this all the way through the thesis, and it's, you know, I mean, it's been, it's up 1,200%, so it's been, been an, okay. I, I think it was, it's <laughs> been an expensive view to have like i actually bought a2 milk after you got us onto it yeah and then sold it um i i bought it when it got sold off a little bit when bellamy's was running into trouble and i thought and there's oh, been plenty of times i should add two question the thesis so it's yeah not- and i thought oh you know this is problems to do with bellamy's and a2 milk seems to be going on pretty well so i'll just buy a2 milk i'll wait till it sort of reverts back to where it was before and, and then i'll sell and i stuck to my thesis and then I watched it just about, you know, double or triple after so that. Even remorse. more, I think, mm. it's come down We've now. all been there. So my thesis, which was sort of, it's undervalued, but I'm not completely bullish for the long term, was a painful thesis to have. Like, I made a bit of money, but then I just left yeah, so I much feel more on the pain. table. I want to hear, hear Matt's answer, though. I want to hear, uh, what's... Yeah, so I'd say, is cola a commodity? And I think for a lot, most yeah. cola companies, it is. Like if you're yeah. buying RC Cola or whatever else, but for Coca Cola and RC, Pepsi, it isn't. What is yeah. it? So Pepsi and Cola would dominate the profits of the cola industry, gotcha. right? On a per unit basis. So that's the difference. And it doesn't, not every product's going to be like that. Yeah. To me, I think the products that have the ability to have that difference is if there's a habit, a strong habit attached. Yeah. And I think for um, parents that are buying infant formula, there is. After they make that initial decision, they just keep buying the same. I'll one challenge often. it again. Yeah. By the way, I'm just, you know, I, I like, I like to push man i like to to (laughs) test the fences and one of the things that i find fascinating about the infant formula market or any infant market is is that the the market cycles very quickly someone like claude has a baby nine months ago he's all into the you know bounces and bayonets and porticots and you know i've been there too i need your nappies and that's where your head's at but kids grow up really quick and and then you're out of the market and so there's always new people entering the market so (laughs) i I agree with what you're saying there are people that use it today that really value it and they won't buy anything else no matter what nature could double its price and they're still going to do it in five years time they're not the market anymore because the kids are older and and so now you've got a new market coming up that might actually look hey nestle that's a brand i really trust and their a2 is cheaper but that's the thing is who trusts nestle I think a lot of people. I look. I, I think. I think a lot really? of people do. Is that a thing? Yeah. Hell yeah. Are they? Is that? Is it doesn't mean it's good for you. A lot of people like trust an, the McDonald's. Is that like an over forties thing? Whoa! <laughs> oh, oh, chow, chow. That's just what a millennial would say. That's exactly what a millennial would say. Because I don't know how many of those people are going to be buying baby formula in the in, yeah. the, in the near future. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point, Andrew. And they do, so they do invest heavily in marketing. They continuously have said we're, we're putting more into it. So that's a good point. Mm. I, one point I'd add, though, is it is a bit different in China. So they have a stage four product that is done particularly well there. Okay. And a lot of mothers will still feed... 
um, that formula and infant formula effectively to children growing right. up to like seven or eight. So it's, it's a much longer, longer term. than we do. It's in more the like rest. a milk drink. Yeah, because but they don't have the fresh milk. We're, exactly. we're spoiled yep. okay, in, yeah. in a way. Like we've got this cheap fresh milk. Just you know, you don't have to travel for very long. Yeah, it's a food safety issue. That yeah, just like milk easier. is something yeah. that. Some developed companies, but not uh, developed countries, I beg your yeah, pardon, yeah, yeah. do really well. But it's just one of the biggest gaps you'll see when you then go travel in South America. You forget about fresh milk. That's yeah. just not even yeah. an option. Okay, guys. So before we move on, um, is it still a buy for you, Matt? I guess you're holding it, so that yeah, means it's yeah. itself, right? For me, it's it's still yeah. a buy. Um, I, I think it's worth a bit more than it is today. It, a bit more, a lot more? Yeah, my last was around $12. I okay. think it's about $10 at the moment. But it, it does That's depend. Decent. So there's, there's always a risk. So there's always the China regulatory risk, which we haven't touched on yet. I should mention let's, that. Let's very quickly talk about that. Yeah, so that's important. I won't go into all the details of what's going on with the legislature. They they released a bit of the news on um, today. They are confident that they'll, they'll get through the latest thing. But I guess yeah. the point would just be that at any point, China could just change the rules and yep. they could be And have done so before. Yeah, and lose 40% of the business. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think that that's one to, to always keep in mind that there's that kind of crash risk with a company. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the company is, you know, debt-free and gushing cash and, and everything gushing. else. Gushing, so, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I think it is still a buy for me today. I, I was surprised the market wasn't more positive on the news. Um, but um, because just to continue to grow at this scale, I was kind of thinking growth would moderate a lot more than 40%. So. Right. Right. There's a lot more we could t- touch on there too, but we b- we won't because we're going to run out of time. Claude, last uh, company for this evening is Experience Co. Although some people might know it by another name. Skydive the Beach. When Skydive I started looking at it. What's the a- ASX code these days? EXP? ASX EXP. And tell yeah. us what do they do? Do they skydive on the so beach? So it started... Oh, do you want to grab this? Yeah, we'll oh, both jump in. Yeah, yeah. so um, we've both, Claude and I both looked at it uh, fairly closely. So started a skydive the beach... Um, expanded into all facets of adventure tourism, I guess you could say. So it kind of became a, a roll-up, as you'd call it. So acquiring a lot of other businesses and adding them in. So started with um, a certain number of airfields, added as much as I possibly could in terms of skydiving in Australia, and then started adding other things. So I think they did like Great Barrier Reef, Hot Air Balloon Tours, Canyoning, um, just added all these onto the, the business. And okay. back, back in the day when it sort of just started, uh, the pitch going around was, you know, these all little monopoly businesses and they're tying up skydives and they're going to get all the skydive opportunities and scale gonna, advantages. Well, supposedly, yes, they're going to buy bigger planes, do more things. Yeah. Rolling doesn't really work without the scale benefits, right? At least, you know, being yeah. able to fractionalize some of those corporate Well, costs. exactly, but you've got to wonder whether uh, cost cutting and synergies is the best. Hmm business model oh i'm with you there for I'm with something you there. With, I'm that just is so dangerous rationale. um anyway the point is that they could like have this monopoly so it wouldn't matter if they gave i guess less value for money or put the price up or whatever and i guess that was the pitch going around okay. and you know if you bought early in the piece like so many roll-ups you've sort of seen this situation where it's gone from 25 cents and it's Issued shares and issued shares and issued shares and it's gone up to 90 cents and then it's come back down. Well, let me, let, let me, before you guys go on, um, I'm picking up a vibe. I'm picking up a, <laughs> picking up a, picking up a very vibe. So well, again, yeah, I, I want to hear I just wanna, what I just, Matt thought when he looked at it first and then... Can I just give you a little bit of context here? So beyond what they've done, I just in terms of the hard numbers, sales are up five times in the last three years. You're right, Claude. They've issued a butt ton of shares to do that. So per share, that's it's... A, that's an official, that, that's an official financial term. You'll find that You'll in the You'll learn that in accounting curriculum. school, Matthew. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't want to get too technical. Actually, a butt ton. Level. Butt ton. It's a um, very, very definite. <laughs> 
definite <laughs> amount, a butt ton of new shares. And so on a per share basis, but still per share, sales per share, up about two and a half fold over the last three sales years. Sales per share. I, I feel like that's not going to be the only interesting metric we hear about. <laughs> profit, profit up nearly three times, but on a, share, a per share basis up about 70%. So, okay. so what sort of profit is this? Well, this is still a 70% gain in three years in per share earnings. Now, can you just clarify earnings for it? Well, uh, Claude, there is there is there is earnings, and then there's normalized earnings. They are not when normalized. And in fact, they've got this really cool cool. Is that the right word? They've got this cool earnings everyone, after cost. A lot, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with, <laughs> with, with EBITDA, earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. They've added another little letter to that acronym, which is EBITDA I, uh, or EBITDA I, which you know stands you're for something with that that's earnings before in. impairment. Ah, uh, mm. no, because it doesn't count when you buy something, and then it turns out that is. Worth less than you thought yeah, it was. Yeah, that's not real. That's I mean, not a real business cares, loss, yeah. Andrew. Because let me tell you, you've got to look at the strip that stuff away so you can yeah, look at it and yeah. understand the core of the business. So, <laughs> devil's advocate, by the back, way. Back I'm, to I'm the not, story. Let, take yeah. us back. This was skydive the beach. Matt and I were looking at small caps every day. Yeah. This came on our radar, and you didn't buy. No, yeah. So I guess why we're well, at least why I was interested. I'll let Claude from Instagram stuff. But it's just the kind of the thesis of um, a kind of stripping out the cost, adding all these small players, but also just tourism in general. So we're both pretty interested. It's a nice in, tailwind. Yeah, pretty interested in yeah. tailwinds and the rise, particularly of Chinese tourism in Australia, one of the top destinations, which they highlighted back in the day in their presentations. Oh, 100%. such and such a percent of our customers are from China, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was. A, part of why I was interested and yep. we were both interested in it. Um, so I looked at it pretty closely and I think that the, ty- the thesis at the time was very much around this cost cutting and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, I spoke to the company. At the Part of what put me off was I thought that the cost cutting may be getting too aggressive. Mm. And just before, at kind of around the time that I was looking, there's actually two deaths, um, two separate incidents with mm-hmm. skydive deaths. Yeah. Um, and obviously, very serious thing, um, something that I'd take pretty seriously. I, 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 I should I, I clarify. Was also a death, there was a also a death. I don't think it was them, but in one of the companies they acquired around the time of listing, which uh, is why it was quite okay. cheap when it first listed. Were yeah. they seen to be at fault? For no, that? they or weren't. Seen I should be, be very clear. Like, they weren't seen to be at fault. Um, yeah. And so for me, it was, uh, but it was just kind of that lingering question. Yes. And yeah. uh, I wasn't super um, pleased with the way it was kind of talked about in the presentation. Um, so the company didn't really, I felt, give enough um, credence to it or like focus on it yeah which to me it shows that it's enough to be addressed in future um i used to do a bit of skydiving actually i've done okay. like three or four skydives couple oh, really? of solo ones yeah um and i think that there are some risks that could be mitigated more just and or could not be <laughs> was this were you, just were you, was this you thinking this as you were falling to earth that <laughs> that's a whole another story yeah yeah um yeah just before i jumped they told me that one of the radios might be in my parachute because they <gasps> packed it wrong so, are you joking? No, seriously. Oh this is like Air I'm Force guys in New Zealand. Zero interest and like in New Zealanders don't, they're just too relaxed. They're like, ah, let us know if something falls out. I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so I think that they're, to me, it was like, are they doing too many jumps one after another? All these things can lead to more accidents. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a red flag. And it's kind of thinking it through like, if another one happened, I'd probably sell. So then it's mm. like, would I want to buy in the first place? So that was a right. big one. Plus then shortly afterwards, there was an earnings downgrade. I've not really looked at it closely, but in sort of trying to do a little bit of preparation, believe it or not, 
we do do a tiny bit of preparation for the podcast. I was having a bit of a read on experience. And I think, I think while you guys dodged a bullet here, there's a part of me, and again, as my devil's advocate hat on, this is a company that just recently forecasted 25% growth in their sales, in their EBIT, D-A-R-B-C-D-E-F-G. <laughs> they, they're thinking that's going to grow by about 30%. Um, <laughs> and on that normalized historical earnings, it's about 13 times. And it always, and this is going to sound horrible, and I apologize in advance, but if you take a actuarial stance towards accidents in this adventure category, yeah. you would probably. I mean, this is extremely insensitive, so I, I can't stress enough that I'm, I'm really just sort of, yeah. You know, like you, you, if if you're going to be looking at a skydiving company, you have to fold into your assumptions that this thing is going to happen from time to time. So, so I guess my point is, while it was in in hindsight a, a good um, thing to avoid, is there a point at which it starts to become interesting? Is 13 times normalized earnings with double digit growth? Yeah not of interest so to you. I, I looked at it a bit after so i looked at around 50 cents after it had fallen from its 90 cent high or so and i was kind of interested in it it was, it was pretty cheap then it yeah, at the time yeah. um and shortly after i think they had a downgrade due to weather or something like that okay. and i should add like it wasn't that i thought that they were at fault for those things as i made oh, clear sure. before yeah, yeah. Yep. it was more just that I, I felt they were kind of promotional as claude's kind of point that they yeah. weren't really reflecting the risks um and that was more the concern like if you're not prepared for the downside so the downside of the reef or the downside of what happens if there are two more accidents mm. in 12 months what does that do to the brand and there mm. just wasn't enough um sense for me that that was being managed well mm. so there's a point but it's like you have to then it becomes a very different style of investment it's not yeah. like a a yeah. growth investment with a, that same thesis it's more like a very cheap company and um that's rebounding and yeah. just to jump in there for these roll-up companies, the, a high share price is their currency. Yes. So if you can't issue really shares, it'll this is like what we're talking about with yeah. corporate travel management. Like if corporate travel management can keep its share price high, then it can keep working its magic. Mm. If that requires a co- bit more explanation, yeah. but it is a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, basically, you can raise capital more easily if you have a high share price, and you can use that capital to buy a cheaper private company yeah which then boosts your earnings which is what experience co has been it, doing. it is a lovely phenomenon when it works well and the other thing Doesn't is work that well. but the other thing <laughs> is <laughs> that often so, unfortunately so, yeah, yeah. and the other thing I've is learned that the typically and this harks to corporate travel management as well typically the thing with these companies is they want to just keep buying and never give you a look at what happens when they yeah. stop buying and yeah. i think we're i don't know if we're going to see that with experience co but arguably yeah arguably we yeah. we um we will see that or if they do keep buying they'll be issuing shares much cheaper yeah. to do so and th- they don't have free cash flows. I think when that model works well it's when people are really picky. Like the, they they do it over the long run and they yeah. don't buy everything and they're not in a hurry and they don't set we're going to be at this target so we're going to buy this many companies. And it That's works over control. a really long time frame yeah. as well. Yeah. Like yeah. I I've, I've held a company that I think is very picky but it's gone nowhere. And you want also I think is really important you want to actually see some organic growth from the existing assets if it is entirely 100%. just about and they the have acquired debt growth and, and that is dangerous when we're looking at okay it's a PE of normalized imaginary earnings of 13 mm. but then they've also got debt and uh yeah it's, it's, there's just a lot to consider the the thing i want to talk about because i looked at the annual report now that there, there, there's one positive i want to mention there has been a little bit of director buying which to me suggests that they're seeing value at these prices i could it's usually a good sign i mm. could definitely see look the normalized earnings come through they do better 
So could I, could I maybe summarize in terms of saying that potentially, and I want to put words in your guys' mouth, but potentially at a low enough price, maybe you could, but it is not I would never your style to do it I would because it doesn't have that long, long, long-term sleep is, at night growth factor. That So you I'm not going to buy it because I couldn't sleep at night about it. I'll look elsewhere. Maybe it's going to be a great stock. Maybe it's not, but no. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, um, we started this podcast with a very firm commitment, a promise to one another that we would uh, try and keep the uh, time constrained. And I think we have failed <laughs> so ridiculously Every miserably keeps getting on that. Longer. And yeah. I, I have we'll to try and promise time. to our listeners that it is But at the same time, they don't have to keep listening, right? right. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's stop talking about how long <laughs> it's gone. Let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Thanks please, for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, please, we would really appreciate it if you could leave some feedback, share the podcast wherever you can. It helps us reach more people. I'm really thrilled. It's like the first and second podcast, up around a thousand listens each. So it's, it's really doing it's a, it's a really great start but we want to do a lot better and we need your help so we'd really appreciate if you give us some nice ratings e- every time that we get a, a five star rating on iTunes Andrew's like excitedly smiles and it's just it's like seeing the, <laughs> it's seeing like the, it, where are you going the twinkle in his eye it's just really oh, nice. encouraging well, if it's, it, look, exactly. It's all about making me happy. So make me happy and we'd really appreciate that. And also, uh, uh, I would say Andrew's as well, life reach out to us if you can on Twitter. We'd love those questions. We know we've got a bunch. We got through Experience Go. Um, we promise we'll get through some more and, and yeah. please keep sending those through. Matt, your uh, your handle on Twitter? Uh, at Matt Joss. Yeah, that's all. That's pretty good. Ma- website's Joss by his J-O-A-S-S. And we've got an email address now too. Oh, oh yeah, we, we have, have three a wise monkeys podcast. Uh, three wise monkeys podcast oh, at gmail.com. <laughs> I check the email. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can email Matt at three wise monkeys. No one ever emailed. So well, we've never so. talked about it before. Yeah, there true. is an email address there. There's Twitter. There's Claude, Twitter. Your, your Twitter yeah, handle? Claude D. Walker. There's some poor guy called Claude Walker who hasn't <laughs> hasn't accessed his uh, Twitter account for about ten years. Yeah, he, he can't take the he hate. Gets tagged occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm um, at Sage Simeon. So guys, thank you very much uh, for your time, and thanks listeners too for your time as well. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. I can tweet if I want.